Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Seltzer Mayberg, our newest sponsor, the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's 1-855-5000-LAW, L-A-W, 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets with a new 15,000-square-foot office on I-95 in North Miami. We work out of that office, actually, and they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. That's onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000-LAW. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here in one of the quietest places you'll find, a room in one of the quietest stadiums you'll find, Marlins Park. So we're actually out here. I'm here with Louis Zabala. You can follow him at the Wawitos on Twitter. Also find him at every event in South Florida. He is a CBS4 cameraman, but of course we have much more, much more than that. He is the goat. He is the greatest of all time. He used to do goat cheese episodes with me on our now, I think, defunct actually uh, patron feed. Is it is it defunct? I, I think it is defunct. I think as with a lot of other things in our network, it's constantly changing. And so we adjust and we move on to the next step and today i'm here with louie and what we're gonna do because he had this big smile on his face you know, pretty much because he and i went for lunch and had a really good meal where did we go for lunch we went to la camaronera la camaronera part of the garcia seafood uh, family of restaurants it sounds a lot better when you say it than when i say it so because we had a really good lunch and then came out here to marlin's park and did some interviews and hung out a little bit and ate a little bit more for dinner both getting fat uh basically we've decided now that we're going to inject some optimism into the south florida sports scene and we're going to break down the reasons for optimism for the five major i call them franchises here in south florida one of them is a college team but it's really a franchise one of the reasons that we're called Five Reasons is that there are five teams down here we focus on the most. And so we're going to go through these one by one and give reasons for optimism. And then at the end, we're each going to declare who we are most optimistic about. So, Louie, let's start here with number one. We're here at the ballpark for the Marlins. They just had what I think most people are perceiving as a successful draft, although I don't know when we can't even project NFL no and one NBA knows drafts, Ethan, nobody has baseball, any, no one, no one knows. Um, but they did something a little bit different, which is that they went out and, and got a lot of college players, which is not something that traditionally the organization has done. Now, it's been a dreadful season. We expected it to be a dreadful season. There were about two weeks there that were a blip where they started scoring a ton of runs. Um, but, look, I mean, they were going to be a last-place team. We knew that. Uh, they've got a few guys emerge we weren't expecting, like a Harold Ramirez. We've had some other guys, like a Lewis 
Brinson, who have not emerged. We've had Amante Harrison, who's not here yet. Uh, we've got JT Riddle practicing to play center field. It's all over the place. But the pitching's been really good. So if I was to say you what, what – well, I wouldn't say really good, but it's been good enough. If you put their pitching with a lot of other teams' bats, you'd have at least a 500 record. All right, so what are the reasons for optimism for the Marlins? The reasons for optimism, let's start with a kid that they had here taking batting practice today. Uh, shortstop out of Georgia, Nassim Nunez. And, and you, you see the type of player that they're going after – uh, and Jeter, we, we spoke to Jeter today as well, and Jeter said that, yeah, he wants to build up the middle. Now, he took two outfielders uh, with the first two picks, but that's kind of out of necessity. Two college guys, two left-handed hitters, two power hitters, left-handed power hitters. And I think the reason for optimism comes from the direction of the franchise. Because I was told that Jeter was partial to a kid who got picked after a high school shortstop who got picked right after their pick because he was a shortstop and he wanted to build up the middle, but that he took the advice of scouts, mm -hmm. something that hasn't happened in this organization right. over, <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> the owner has meddled. The owner has said, let's take this, and they can't get on the same page. So the reason for optimism comes from that. Now, the other thing, we, we spoke also to, uh, <clears throat> to the general manager, uh, Mike Hill, and Mike Hill, I asked him that question. I said, how tempting was it? to take a high schooler with that first pick with a lot of upside as opposed to a college guy. And he said, well, this, this draft was a lot deeper in the college hitter mm -hmm. area than, than the, the high school uh, player. So they, they seem to be doing things correctly. And, and this is not just coming from what they're saying, but I've spoken to people around the league, and they're, they, they're basically not the, la the laughing stock anymore of the minor leagues and the, and the way that they were doing things and scouting and so on and so forth, which I wonder how much Mike Hill is finally like, everybody's asking, you know, why is Mike still, Mike Hill still here? Why is mm -hmm. he still here? Well, maybe he, you know, he w wanted to do it like that all along and mm -hmm. just was handcuffed by money. Number one, right? Because they paid above slot. Mm -hmm. They're paying above slot. Mm -hmm. They paid this kid from the shortstop. They paid above slot. Mm -hmm. So, that goes to show you that the organization is not the same old Marlins. And that was a huge problem with the Marlins was the way they spent their money. They they never really spent their money on the draft. And you actually had um, draft choices, draft picks who could have come here basically telling the Marlins, don't draft my client because mm -hmm. he will not sign with you because you are not going to pay him what he's worth. I know that from experience, from having dealt with a couple kids that I knew growing up mm -hmm. that had to deal with that, that basically told the Marlins, do not draft me. Right. One of them was Yonder Alonso mm -hmm. from, from UM, mm -hmm. and he went right after to the Reds, right after the Marlins. Local kid, mm -hmm. could have been up here, could have contributed to this team. And, and, and so I know for a fact that that was happening. So to me, that's the number one reason for optimism here is because as much criticism as a team takes, as much criticism as Derek Jeter, he can't do anything right, they're doing things right. And like you said, their pitching staff is one of the top young pitching staffs in baseball. Now, their hitting is what's been inconsistent, which is why their record is what it is. But even in spurts, you see guys, and, and like when they called up Ramirez, I mean, they went on a nice a nice winning, winning mm -hmm. spree there where they won with three out of four series. And that's what I think is the optimism when it comes to the Marlins. I'm not as down. I'm a very optimistic person. Mm -hmm. So I'm not as down uh, to on the local teams as other people are because I've been around the teams for a long time and you can see that it's a little different in every organization to be honest with you and the one that might surprise you the most 
It's the Miami Heat, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get to them, I think, last here because we want you all to stick around. So uh, my other thought on the Marlins, you mentioned about scouts, and there are tons and tons of stories, and Craig Mish has shared some on this podcast and others, you know, about Loria basically coming in and just disregarding everything that the scouts said. And the fact that you have a former, you know, all-star, future Hall, you know, Hall of Fame shortstop who is taking the advice of his scouts is a complete departure from that. And I'll tell you that that that's it's not because he was an all-star player. Mm-hmm. It's because he came up in the best system. Right. Came up the Yankee system. So he's basing it on, like, he wanted to take the high school shortstop first right. pick because that's the way they did it with him. Right. But he realized that, okay, I was just a player. I'm not a, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a scout. I'm not... So he, he knew his role, let's put it that way. So, yeah, I'm sure he had some input and he could see talent, but he took the advice, like you said, of the organization. It wasn't that he was a great all-star player because we know plenty of all-star players who haven't amounted to anything as managers or coaches mm-hmm. or general managers or whatever. Usually it's those grinders that are better at, in those positions. And, and in this case, Jeter has heeded the advice of the people that he trusts which is a step in the right direction for the for the franchise. All right, let's move to the next one. And, and you know, I, I almost hate to sort of introduce optimism with the Florida Panthers because I do that every year, and they look like the most talented team in town a lot of times, and nothing materializes. And I heard a story last night, and I don't know how widely this has been reported, um, but from somebody who knows the Panther organization very well, who was telling me that basically, you know, the Gerard Gallant got fired a couple of years ago, because the owner kept calling him on the bench and telling him who to play and what shifts and everything else. And finally, the coach, Gallant, told him to stop, and he got fired. And you, remember, you know the, the whole photo of him you know, having to hail a cab, right? Well, he hailed a cab right to Las Vegas and ended up in the finals the next year. Uh, they have just been, I mean, so many owners, so many coaches. And now you have a coach who, I mean, I think, uh, with Joel Quenville, that... People are looking at him like, okay, is he there, Pat Riley? And perhaps if you look at the record, if you look at the history, and then you look at their top-line talent, whether it's Barkov or Huberdo or Trochik, just right at the start, and you say, okay, you can build with this, okay, even if obviously you've got a, you know the goaltending situation, you've got a transition from Luongo. But I just, I'm so hesitant to say, okay, it's going to work, because I saw Mike Keenan come down here, and I saw Rick Dudley come down here, and I've seen guy after guy come down here, and it just not succeed. Let me ask you this question when it comes to optimism for the Panthers. Is there just a structural problem or a South Florida problem? I, I, I've heard many times that one of the issues is that guys come down here, they don't get a lot of attention, they're kind of in the background, and then they're playing a lot of golf, <laughs> they're hanging out at Sunrise, okay? And it's different than South Beach. It's not like hanging out all night, but it's just... There's a laziness about it with the entire organization. Do you think it ever changes? You're stealing my thunder because that's the point I was going to make. I really do believe, and I've spoken to hockey people, and when they hired the new coach, I was in the, at the press conference, and I, I spoke to some former players, and I spoke to the current players. We spoke to Luongo, and I wanted to, I wanted to, to bring that up. And I said, what do you think about that theory that when these hockey players that are from rough parts, uh, you know, maybe some places in Canada that are freezing or, or in the northeast where the weather's always crappy. When they get down here, do they soften up? Mm-hmm. You know, because of what you said. Because, hey, we lose a game, so what? 
Look how beautiful it is out here. We could go play golf. And we it's can... not just being beautiful. It's also, if you're playing hockey in Toronto, if you're on the Maple Leafs, you're if, you're, if you're a Bruin, all the time, and you're kept on your game. And down here, I mean, let's just look at the reality of it. I mean, the three papers don't really cover them anymore, right? The one guy who, who did, George Richards moved over to the Athletic. Andre Fernandez came in, so I had to mention that. And, and so they're not they're not covered. They Barkov can walk through any part of town. He's one of the top ten players in the league, and nobody knows who he is. How, you know, so I, I feel like there's just no pressure, and no pressure kind of breeds. How about the reverse? not no effort, but but just no no urgency, basically. How about the the reverse of that when the when you talk about baseball here? Mm-hmm. The baseball fan here is pretty smart, right? And so when they see a crappy uh, product on the field, do you think they're going to come watch? Right. So it's the opposite. You know what I'm saying? The hockey fan here, yeah, they're from the you know they're they're from other places. They're not from here, and they could care less about if they win or lose. They want to go be entertained and they want to have a good time. I mean, my thing on it is that the one team that succeeded down here for the Panthers was one of its least talented teams. I covered the, the first ever team that I covered in South Florida was was the '96 Panthers, and it was funny. I was I was the backup on the Palm Beach Post, and Rachel, then Alexander, now Nichols, was the was the backup for the Sun Sentinel, and that team had, I mean, a star goalie, but no other stars on the entire team. They were all third and fourth, mostly fourth line players that were picked up in the expansion draft, and they were hungry. And I do think if you look at it since. I don't know that the hunger's been there. I mean, they had a Pavel Burry scoring 60 goals and a Ray Whitney scoring 25 behind him and nobody else beyond that. I just I don't know I don't know what makes look Barkov plays hard every night every night okay and I'm not saying some of the other guys don't but I just think that they've had trouble complementing their top line guys with the types of players that are going to push them forward and they haven't been very good defensively um, and then again you look at the instability the coaching change the sort of the Tom the row group that came in trying to put in the analytics and everything else those guys are not getting jobs anywhere else it's just it's just been a bad fit but let, let's do this. Why should we be optimistic? Is it just the new coach and the top two lines, basically? Is that why we should be optimistic? I believe it's it's going to be the new coach. I believe that we've heard the same story about the Panthers every year. Oh, we're about four or five points out, going down the stretch. <laughs> Games in hand. Yeah. And, and you're looking at, okay, they got to win this many and the last this much. And I believe, and we've heard it over the years, we have enough talent. We have enough young talent. These guys are really good. These guys are really good. These guys, so what's the difference? I believe they need a guy that's going to rip the guy when it needs to rip him and not care about and and I and this guy has control like that. Right. He's being brought in because he's done it 3 mm-hmm. times. That Avalanche team. Mm-hmm. He was he was an assistant coach on the Avalanche right. team that first one that we covered, the first yeah. Stanley Cup that we covered down here, the only Stanley Cup that we've covered down here. I was in that locker room by the way, in that I, dressing room. I was as well. And uh, I I should have been drinking out of the Oh, the cup. You should have been. I just didn't. I was. I was so focused on my job that. I mean, you. That can't, would have been a very nice moment. You, you, you know? can't. I mean, but you, the one thing you can't do is ruin your focus. You are focused. I was, I was laser what. sharp. I had the Stanley Cup right next to me, full of beer, and I, you know, I was working for WPTV back then, in West Palm, and I, I, I refrained from imbibing. But to answer your question, why should we op- be optimistic about the Panthers? Coach Q, man. Coach yeah. Q. Yeah, that would be the one reason. And that's what they're going to sell. And, and then hopefully, you know, they can get Barkov to the level he should be, which is playing. And he's going to bring in a couple deep guys. into the playoffs. No, they'll bring in players and they're better positioned to do that now. But, I, you know, Dale Talon's been here a long time. And I, look, I sold the Dale Talon higher, but the results are really what one playoff appearance. I mean, it's got it's got to be more. And, you know, they could have won that series. Trochik was tripped, all the rest of that. But 
I mean, there has not been enough in terms of payoff yet, and there needs to be more. Let's move to the Canes, and and I think I mean the one reason for optimism there is pretty clear. Uh, I mean, Manny Diaz. If that doesn't the transfer happen, portal, the transfer. But if that doesn't ha- happen this off season, how dreadful would that have been? I mean, Mark Richt was a dead man walking the last few weeks of last year. And Manny comes in, and it's it's the personal story, it's the transfer portal, it's every week you're finding that they're plugging a new hole. I just wonder, my only question is this for optimism. I believe in the long-term optimism of that program. I think Manny's going to get it right. I think that the, the culture he's bringing here is the culture they need to bring. But I also think they're not ready. And I think what's going to happen against your boys, okay, because you're a Gator, is going to dampen the enthusiasm from the very start of the season. So how do they get past that? I think that the enthusiasm has come because of Manny, number one, and he's very enthusiastic, and I I like Manny a lot. The whole transfer portal thing, I wouldn't be making such a big deal about the transfer portal Mm. because the reason most kids are in a transfer portal is because where they're coming from doesn't want them. Right. And in the case of Tate Martell, which was the big fish that they landed here, I've heard from people, from Ohio State people, mm-hmm. and it might be sour grapes that he's gone, mm-hmm. but that he wasn't all that he was you know, hyped up to be. Right. And to be honest with you, the first couple of practices that we were allowed to go watch, I kept looking around like, is this the guy? Like that's Because everyone to a man standing on the sideline watching the guy throw, he was throwing a bunch of wobblers. And I'm not a professional quarterback coach, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a professional football uh, coach or, or scout, but I've watched a lot of football practices, mm-hmm. and the starting quarterback is usually not throwing a bunch of wobblers, right? You know, and so I think the optimism for the Hurricanes has to come with who's going to step up and be that leader at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be dampered, like you said, because where's the offensive line going to be? Right. The offensive line has been horrendous, mm-hmm. and they haven't really added much mm-hmm. to it. So. All these transfers are nice, and that's a lot. That that brings a lot of optimism to fans, and but I know they have a lot of work to do. But I'll tell you what, the quarterback coach, the offensive coordinator now, the guy that came from uh, Alabama, mm-hmm. I think that's that guy brings a lot of optimism mm-hmm. with him because I believe that he'll get the best out of whoever they decide mm-hmm. will start a quarterback there. But the, all the optimism, I think they should temper their optimism over there because we know how Miami is. Oh, how many times have we heard that the U is back? The U is back. The U is not, well, we're not quite back. Right. So, well, like I, you said, it's a long-term Well, look, all the of these teams we're talking about, they have that slogan, right? With the Panthers, it's games in hand, right? The U, the U is back. Uh, you know, you, you, just getting started. Just, just getting started with the Marlins. Uh, heat culture, right? Okay, and, and all of that stuff. And, you know, with the Dolphins, it's uh, in the hunt, right? They're always in the hunt. So, I mean, with all of them, you've got one of those. I, I guess my, my, again, my concern is offensive line. But also, uh, Manny was starting so far back with what Rick left him that like you said you can't you can talk about the transfer portal it's one of those fascinating things it's like free agency right in in pro sports it's like you get a free agent and you're so excited and you're like well wait why didn't they lock that guy up right like why didn't they sign Tell that you, man, guy social their social media has won. Yes. They've won. On yes. social media they have won. Well, I will say I, the marketing departments in this town are A+. The Heat's marketing. We already department. won. Remember the remember the big three. We already won. They're playing we, the song. They're playing the song. We and, already won the and, first and, year. And the, and the and the Heat with the whole vice jerseys thing this year, the one last dance. But eventually, you have to win, and that's the problem with all these teams. All right, we'll be back in one second. We're going to talk about the two teams I know everybody's here for: the Dolphins and the Heat. 
We'll get back to our episode in a second. First, I want to tell you about one of our great long-term partners. That's Doral Toyota and Like Us at Five Reasons. They're pure South Florida. You can find all of your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new used. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. That's 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years of complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles, in-house financing available for credit-related issues. If you mention five reasons when you call 305-680-1129, that's 305-680-1129, or come into the dealership, you work with a dedicated manager, not a salesperson. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself in an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go. Another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network is ShipYourCarNow.com. That's ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, any boat, any RV, any motorcycle, or any kind of equipment anywhere you need to move it worldwide. You have a business and you need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Make sure you call them. These guys can ship it all. Give them a call. Or visit shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. That's shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Make sure to mention five reasons on the phone if you call. There's no job too big or too small. Ship Your Car Now moves it all. All right, we're back. We're going to get into the other two teams in town. We'll start with the Dolphins. You talk about how it starts with a quarterback, it starts with a coach, new quarterback, new coach there. One quarterback looked much better than the other quarterback, which we've seen so far. I know you don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. I think that Josh Rosen has to play regardless. This reminds me of 2000 a little bit, where Marino was gone. Damon Heward was here. Damon had won some games here. They knew he wasn't the guy. They brought in Jay Fiedler. They didn't know if he was the guy or not, but they invested in him. Jay had a horrible preseason. Okay, I threw 78 picks. He got the job anyway. I don't see how they, unless they think Josh Rosen's going to get some of their players killed, and I think it's actually the offensive line that's going to do that, but unless they think he's going to get them killed, they have to start Josh Rosen from the beginning. But I'm not going to start with Josh Rosen as the reason for optimism. The reason for optimism for the Dolphins is that they have, you know, Pat Riley talks about chips. He talks about chips. The Heat haven't had any chips for the past three years. The Dolphins have chips. They've got a bucket load of cap space next year they've loaded up on draft picks the josh rosen trade brought them a second round pick back like it will be hard and teams have screwed it up 
Okay, and I don't look just like Mike Hill. I don't know how good Chris Greer is. He's been here forever. But I don't they, know what he's responsible for. They got a lot of chances they to got, screw it up. They got or a lo- to get it right. They got a lot of chances to screw it up. And so, I just think if you look at them from an optimism standpoint, it's not really the guys on. Look, they locked up Xavier Howard. They're going to lock up Laramie Tunsil. They, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be here a long time. Beyond Jerome Baker looks like could, could be a player. Da- you know, uh, I was going to say Damian Wilkins. Uh, Christian Wilkins obviously has potential. Those are some pieces. Maybe Drake stays. Maybe one of the receivers. Maybe it's Albert Wilson becomes a mainstay. Maybe. But it's not about that to me. It's about the guys who are not on the roster yet. And they, I think, have committed to this. And I, it's hard for me to say about this about the Dolphins. I've been critical of the Dolphins for 20 years. But I feel like they've gone the right direction with this. And I, I feel this is, this is what the Browns did. And they're doing the same thing. And another reason I like the head coach. I like the way the I head coach I do too. has no ego. You yep. can tell there is no ego there. He's under the radar. It's not a look at me. Look what I'm doing. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. The guy and, – and and you see what he's doing already at in these mini camps and these OTAs. It moves. It moves. It moves. And it you moves. can see that they talked about – remember how many years that positionless basketball mm-hmm. and all that? Well, I think we're looking at positionless defense. Yep. I think Minka's going to gonna play in four different Brother, spots. Brother, you're going to have Minka Fitzpatrick up. You're going to have him back. You're going to have Rashad Jones, okay, mm-hmm. who looks more like a linebacker, right? up with the linebackers. And everybody's asking, how is this going to work with all these safety? Like, how are you going to, you know, how, is Rashad? And all this stuff with Rashad in, in the mini game, like missing the, the, the voluntary, you know, whatever. dude. That guy's going to be playing all over the field. They, they were complaining about him freelancing. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to make him freelance right. now, except they ain't going to be freelancing. It's going to be part of the plan. The optimism to me with the Dolphins comes with the mindset of a guy that has been in New England for a while mm-hmm. and understands all you need to do is have smart guys. Yes, right. You need smart Guys, right. guys are interchangeable. Guys can adjust week to week. Me, guys can adjust exactly. quarter to quarter, play to play. They have not had that. And, the, and oh, the, no. the, the thing about him that I really like, and everybody knows I was not an Adam Gase fan and I was calling for him to be fired in week four last year, okay? The thing about uh, Flores that I like is it's competence and it's control. And it's calm. And those three things come across in his press conferences. He is not – I don't know how good a head coach he's going to be, but I know – that he, the, you talk about he's not, he's egoless. I don't think he's egoless. I think he's confident as hell. I just don't think he needs to tell you all the time like Adam Gase did because I don't think Adam Gase was really that confident he, he, in anything he, he was doing. He, 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 was, he always had to show you, right. well, this is why this didn't work. And he wouldn't do it sometimes in public, but I know plenty of people where he'd be like, look, this play didn't work because of this. Bah, 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 bah. Well, if your players aren't able to carry out what you're trying right. to make them do, then why do you keep trying to do it? Because you're trying to you're the smartest you're guy to, in the room. room. Right. And that, that's what drove me crazy about him. And the numbers showed you over and over that they were not even as good as their record. And then he would get credit for that. But I think it was a fluke. I, I To me, uh, this guy in a press conference, here's the other thing. And this is subtle things. I know people don't care about how they interact with the media. But I think it shows you how they interact with their players. Okay? Brian Flores looks at you when you talk. Adam Gase puts his eyes running all over the place following the tacos uh, following the tacos under his hat I just I just think that uh, no, I don't know how good a head coach he's going to be but I do think to a certain degree they've gotten it right um, on that one and so I am optimistic but I'm more optimistic 
about the just the financial position they put themselves in because Ross has proven he will spend. So it's not an issue of spending once they start to get there. It's an issue of what kind of cap space they had and what kind of draft pick assets they had. How much optimism do you have the fact that Tannenbaum is no longer here? Well, I think that's big. I mean, I, I and, and look, I, again, Greer and Hill are both getting an opportunity to prove that other people were the problem, right? <laughs> it's the same thing, and we'll see which of them that you, was the case you know with. what, Ethan? Being, having been around the Dolphins for, you know, 20-plus years, you, you have a there – was, there was a lot of stability for a while, mm-hmm. okay, through Jimmy and, and Wanstad. There yeah, because there's a lot of the same people. There. And Kevin were, O'Neill and a lot I, of the same people And they were the good. They weren't great, but right. they were good. They were playoff teams. You're starting to feel like there's a big difference. Yeah. There's, there's no, like – like, there's no BS, like, right. you know, cooling stations. And they practiced. The other day, started pouring. They stayed. They stayed out they there. They stayed in play. They didn't they go to the next state of Memorial Nobody bubble. flinched. Right. There's, you know, and I think, you know, they keep talking about the New England way, the New England way, the New England way. Well, if the New England way has been pumping out championships for all these right. years, and I know Brady has a lot to do with that. Right. But there's... It's it, it can't be all Tom Brady. No, it was also a lot of interchangeable parts that were smart enough to get things done, and I think that's what they're trying to do. I mean, do how many running backs? Think about this. How many Do-ray running backs do they have? The best running back they probably they ever had. Well, they've used three or four, but the best one they probably ever had was Corey Dillon for what one year. Right. Antoine Smith for two years. Let, they've never had elite guys. Let's see how. Let's see how they use. I, I would say like Kenyon Drake. Balage, Albert the Wilson. Kid that they drafted. The, Albert Wilson. I was going to say Albert Wilson. Right. Jakeem Grant. Right. Let's see how they use all these guys differently. There is talent left over on there offense. There is talent. The, but the problem is the offensive line needs, needs to get fixed next offseason. They picked a couple up on the, in the draft. We'll, we'll, we'll they, see where that goes. All right, let's get to the last one here. And this is the one that we're typically the most optimistic about. And both of us are kind of shaking our heads Is it crazy now. to say that we have no clue? <laughs> is it crazy to say that they have no clue? I, I think I, – hey, look – I've been told repeatedly, and again, this is the organization that I spend the most time around. Um, I've been told repeatedly that there is a plan, and again, the plan at this stage is kind of, well, two-part. One, wait for these contracts to get less onerous and so that they can be flipped, and we're talking about the heat. They can be flipped or that they just expire and you move on. Is, okay? is the plan stand pat? I, I don't <laughs> don't do that. Uh, I, I I think the plan I think look, the plan got screwed up by what they did in seventeen. Um, now they can talk about how th- certain things didn't play out the way they expected and Dion was supposed to be healthier and James Johnson was supposed to be healthier and all that. But look, you sign you you signed you overpaid players for too long. There's just no way around it. Okay, you you cannot make a, a, a coherent argument for four years for James Johnson at that price. With, was it a panic move with the player option? No. Here's I think it was a combination of things, and I want to get to the optimism because that's what we're trying to do here. And people hate me going back on this, but I think this was a reaction to the end of the Big Three era where everybody left angry. And Pat wanted to reward the guys who were loyal. And that's fine. He got emotional. Um, but they're in a position now that they've basically acknowledged this offseason that all of them were mistakes. Okay, Maybe not Kelly, but the rest of them were mistakes. And Kelly, at, at best, is a push. right? So they're going to try to get out of this. Are they able to move a white side? Are they able to move a James Johnson, a Deion Waiters? I don't know. Maybe you're getting close to the end of those deals. I didn't think they'd be able to move a Tyler Johnson. They were able to move a Tyler Johnson, but they had to attach Wayne to it, which meant you couldn't get an asset back for Wayne. So my thing is this on them. The reason for optimism for them is the same reasons for optimism we've always had. You are counting on their general competence and stability in the organization. You're You're counting on 
what that organization signifies around the NBA. You're counting on the fact that people like Brian Windhorst and Mark Stein have come on this pod and said if they just had cap space, that all these players would be lining up to come to South Florida, and eventually these contracts will expire. Those are the reasons for optimism. The smaller reason for optimism is that I really like their four young kids. I do. Um, now, one of them, Josh, is not as young anymore, but I think at least now they know what he is and what he isn't mm -hmm. after last year. I think there's more there with Justice. I wish they would commit to him at point guard instead of talking about his versatility. You know, we talk about Minka's versatility. I think Justice needs to be told, you're a point guard. Focus on being a point guard. Run 150 pick and rolls. And okay? defend the best player. And defend on the, the other best players. player on the team. And just make this simple, okay? And we'll see what happens with Goran. I, I've heard he's not opting out. I think Goran can be an asset if he opted out and did three years here and finished his career at a lower rate. But I don't know that that's going to happen. But I like their kids. I think they have players that can you can win with okay but they're not going to be the primary reason you win they need a front man with this core and i think you can move forward i the other reason for optimism i think is i think they have the right kinds of kids i like all four they like each other they get what it is to be a heat player they've been under Dwayne. they're a great group there's just no superstar unless bam takes a step that I think is maybe in there, and they may be able to get it out of him in this organization, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm gonna throw a little wrench in your in your optimism plans here. I'm optimistic because of Dion Waiters. I know you oh, you geez. don't like the guy. It's not that I don't like him. Yeah, but, I just but thought, guess I just, what? Dwayne's I, not here anymore. Yeah, but, Ethan. But, so what are you looking at? So you're, I'm looking optimistic. At, you're looking at 41 percent shooting I'm and, and, and dribbling the ball down I, to the end of the clock. I, what's the NBA? I, it's, What's the NBA? If you're James Harden, it's okay. But okay, I, I, well, I just, well, hey, listen, he's not James Harden. We're not looking for a number one seed here. We're looking to get in the playoffs, right? And now, are you? It's crazy to are, say. Is this. that what this is about for this organization? Not looking right to now, get, it but, is but, until but, they but, have all that cap but, space but, but, that you're so optimistic about. Okay, but it look, is until you move some of these guys. It's about getting into the playoffs. Number one. So you think Dion's the guy who drives them into the playoffs? I think Dion now that Dwayne's gone, blasphemous. Dwayne Wade is gone. Now nobody has to wait around and be like, well, we kind of have to let Dwayne win the game here. And now that guy could really be Philly Cheese. I love Philly Cheese. I know you do. I love the personality. I, I love the fact that he, he thinks he's the, thinks goat he's and the already, best player I'm on the court. Stunned. But guess what? You need to think that way. And on this team... Who is a better no, see, playmaker see, see, than, than, than Dion Waiters? See, I want Justice to think that way. I want Justice but to think that way. I think he has that personality. Yeah. I don't think Josh does. I, my, my thing, no, Josh does Josh not. doesn't and, have and that personality. Josh, Josh is more like Eddie Jones, and they, we knew, we they knew that. They force-fed him they the, tried. the end of the games, the, the whole they, first half of the season. They, they tried. And and he, and what's, what's crazy is actually his metrics in the end of the games were good, but the, when you looked at it, it wasn't. Justice is the alpha of that group. Yes. But the question is with Justice, does will his game catch up to what he wants to be? Josh doesn't want to be that. Justice, I believe, wants to be Justice that. Justice said it. I remember, oh, he I said, remember he, he his told rookie me, year. He said it to me, he said saying, to me on, on a radio show. I remember his rookie year saying that one day he wants to put he, the team on his shoulders he wants to be the face like of the franchise. Dwayne Wade. Right. And when Dwayne left. He said it again. He said it. He said, I want I, to be the guy. I, and I want him to have that it's attitude. Great to say it. I just don't know if – I think Bam's basketball upside in the modern game is higher. I, I, but, but, I, I don't, but I don't know if he has personality for it. He might. Bam, to me, is like a totally non-toxic Dwight Howard. He's funny. He's loose. He looks like him. Okay, but there's none of the toxicity. He's just a good kid. And, like, lo and look who's tutoring him now. And so. And Chris Bosh. And Chris Bosh. Most and selfless, I, and, most selfless. Well, well, well and I, I had Bosh on the pod. 
And Bosch said on the pod, who's going to step up? Who's going to step up? Which right. of these kids? And he told them they need to do it, and they've all talked about it. I just don't know. I think they want to do it. I believe in them from a personality standpoint. The organization is pivoting to them to promote them. But that's do they why have you that need guy? a Philly cheese. Well, no, that's why you need maybe. You need a Philly cheese. That's why you man. need a Bradley Beal. But anyway, that's well, all that was. That that. Would be, you know, Bradley <laughs> Beal all, wears number three because I, of uh, yeah, I number know. three. I know. I know. And look, I, the question. And he's a Gator, so I, I, I know. All right, so let's go through the list here. Most optimistic, just let's do this quickly. You are most, it seems like you're least optimistic about the Heat if you're putting it all on Dion. <laughs> most optimistic about which franchise right now? Wow, right in, now. In two years, in two years, this team will be best, two to three years, best positioned. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be the best positioned team. I agree. Because the Marlins have a ways to go, and, and baseball, let's face it, takes a little longer. The Astros, okay? the Astros had four horrific right. seasons before yeah. they turned into right. the best organization, or one of the best organizations in baseball. You're right, but I mean, the the Dolphins with all the draft picks and the cap space, and the the just the way that that Brian Flores is going about this uh, with the defense, like you know, you could still win with defense. Like right. this, look, I mean, look at the Super Bowl. Like you win with defense still. And I think this guy's smart enough to put his guys in the best but And he has the chips. They're, everybody's talking about the defensive ends. They don't have any defensive ends. Who's going to rush the passer? You're going to see a lot of linebackers mm-hmm. and a lot of safeties coming up and corners blitzing. And they're not going to know where you're coming from because that's been coming out. That's what Minka Fitzpatrick, that's the first words that came out of his mouth. They're not going to know where I am. Right. And you got Xavier Howard on the other side. And they're just going to tell him, you take care of this side over here. We'll handle the rest. So the, my optimism comes from, from that. My, my optimism comes from the cachet of picks and other things that they have. I, I will say this. You know, you know, when you look at the t- again, the Panthers, I just can't do it because I've done it too many times before. The Canes, I, I think there's a structural problem in college football. It's going to make it hard for the Canes to get where they need to go. I just don't know. I like Manny's enthusiasm. I like what he's doing. I like love his story. But I just, I don't, uh, the whole thing, the Canes are back. I don't think the Canes ever get Ethan, quite Ethan, back. I was, I was, I was, you know, they, they, they were touting this indoor practice facility and how beautiful everything is. And then I saw on Instagram or on Twitter some Texas high school yeah. uh, indoor practice facility that had two fields. And Miami says 80 yards. They don't even have 100 yards yeah, in there. It's tough. So these, these kids, you, you know, that's beautiful, but they're going to places where the facilities are still. Ten times better than what the Hurricanes are, and the Hurricanes aren't on top when it comes to to football, which is gonna. That's an uphill. That's an uphill road. Which they got Manny Diaz there, right? And his he's very savvy when it comes to recruiting, and I know he's got some talent coming in. So I w- I wouldn't put my optimi- optimism level that high there, but it's on the way up. Let's yeah, I way. I think I think the Panthers and Canes. There's some just issues, like I said, structurally. I think the Panthers. It's just tough. To, to win in hockey here, and I think part of it, again, is the lack of attention and pressure, and, and there needs to be some. Not not too much, but there needs to be some. I will say this. I'm going to say the Dolphins because I do think that the baseball thing takes longer. Okay, and the Dolphins are better positioned. You can turn around in the NFL. If they find a quarterback, it turns around quickly. You if win Josh 11 Rosen games. Is, is, if Josh Rosen or is the next guy. He's a top 10 pick like he's supposed to be. And, and here's the optimistic thing. If he's not... You draft one next yeah, year. To me, there's no issue with it. I, the, the Rosen trade to me was a total no-brainer, and I, I still don't understand people who have an issue with it. Like, you're supposed to take a quarterback every year. You got a quarterback who was considered to be the best quarterback. I know he was bad last year. I understand that. Okay, bad situation, but I know he was bad. And he Larry made it worse. Fitzgerald is his biggest fan. I, right, and I believe in that. Right? So we'll see if it works. He doesn't look great so far, but there's time. But I say this. I'm going to say the Dolphins, and then I'm going to say this one thing. 
until Pat Riley somehow acquires Anthony Davis and it all changes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.